So I want to take time today, we're carrying our series of Walking the Way of Jesus, looking at the Beatitudes. And I think the Beatitudes are an incredible reminder from Jesus himself that following Jesus is more than just being saved. It's more than just that kind of ticket to heaven. It's more than just saying, I've chosen to follow Jesus and now I'm done. The Beatitudes challenges us about having a transformed life about being different, because Jesus did. We want to walk like Jesus, because Jesus was different. How do we do that? It's not enough for us just to know about Jesus, to have head knowledge. It's not enough for just to kind of know Jesus, have a heart connection. We also have to live like Jesus. The word Christian means little Christs, that we're called to be Christ-like in the way that we operate. If you are saved today, then I believe you want to be a changed person. Let me read to you from the beginning of Matthew 5. I'm going to read the whole chunk because I'm just concerned over, this is week 7. After a while, you can start to forget where we're sitting in the context of the whole thing. This is Jesus. He's pulled a big crowd in verse 1 and 2. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions, and this is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind, your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, he finishes up and says, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit you. What it means that the truth too close for, is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. Be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, Jesus said, I do. <laughs> Jesus likes it when we get into trouble. And all heaven applauds and know you're in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. I love that paraphrase. This is the message version there. They've always gotten into this kind of trouble, making a difference, changing the world, changing the atmosphere. The verse we'll look at today is the verse 9, which says these words, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are, your place in God's family. Or the traditional version would say, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. 
And then when we're coming up to this Sunday and we're going to come back together and someone said to me, are you going to do sort of like a one-off? Because should we pause the, the teaching series and just change what we have in, how we've planned? But actually, I think this is the perfect verse for today. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will know they will be the family of God. They will find their place in the family of God. They will be called children of God. One verse, two parts, so timely that we're called to be peacemakers. Note the word there is not peacekeepers. We're not called to be peaceful. It's an action word. In fact, the original word in Greek, which I can't pronounce, I'm not even going to try it, means peaceable. That we're peaceable. We're, we're wired for peace. We engage in peace. It's about being active in making peace, not passive and just trying to ignore what's going on around us. This is the first thing. If you want to be a peacemaker, you need to commit to, to not necessarily being nice, but getting involved. I think I've always heard the story or had the sense that as a Christian, I should almost walk by the other side of the road when I see trouble ahead. But what Jesus is saying is, blessed are those who show people a different way and bring peace. It demands that we step into conflict, not run away from it. How topical is this in what we're facing? Peacekeepers in the Bible would step in between two warring parties and saying there is a different way of doing things. When we look at our news right now, full of stories of Ukraine, more stories this morning than I read uh, on my app before I came out this morning of, of all that's taken place, lives being lost, bombs being uh, blowing up, you know, properties and homes and hospitals, tragic, tragic stories, two million, more than two million refugees escaping to neighbouring countries. Three years ago, I visited Ukraine. Andrew Foreman, who I saw a few minutes ago somewhere, we visited Ukraine together, um, June 19, and we went to a place called Cherkasy, which is about three hours uh, sort of southeast of the capital. Uh, it was called Kiev back then. It's now called Kiev. Is that right? Kiev. It's spelt differently, but it means apparently it's quite an important difference and change of word. But we visited the, the country there, and we went to this, this region where Andrew had some contacts, and we worked with some churches and some um, organizations there, and the hospitality was incredible. Their kindness, their generosity, they opened their homes up. They, were, they put on feasts for us, even though sometimes the food was a bit like, I'm not sure what that even is. You know, when someone's put on a, a spread, you think, I'm going to have to eat this because this is going to, you know, this is important. They've made a real effort. We even got invited to a wedding last minute. It's true. Someone just said to us, oh, I'm getting married tomorrow. Do you want to come along? So we said, all right, then. So we turned, but they put us almost on the top table, right at the front of the room. And Andrew knocked over a vase full of water. Do you remember that? And like, I'm not sure if it's like some sort of ceremonial thing, but there was, and we were just like, oh dear, English people turning up and wrecking the plans. But their hospitality was phenomenal. And, and watching the news and hearing the stories, and I've been in touch with a couple of people I met on that trip, a guy called Pastor Sergei, who leads Revival Church, where I spoke one Sunday, an incredible work uh, amongst gangs and getting people off uh, addictions. And I've been in touch with him, and he's, they're not under, it's not under that much pressure at this moment in time, but there's still great concern, there's still great unrest, and they're still facing great challenges. And then I'm also in touch with um, another pastor, a pastor, uh, Bodan, who is in a place called Lebedin, 
Lebanon is a small town uh, just, uh, just about half an hour away from Sumi, which you've heard about on the news. And there it's, it's pretty tragic. I mean, they've got no food. The shops are empty. They're having to go and find food from villages two hours away, three hours away. And I just got a message last night saying, we're going to go on a, I'm going to get a van. We've borrowed a van. We're going to get some food. But the food is three hours south. And we cannot travel in the afternoons or evenings. It's far too dangerous. So they have to do it in two shifts, mornings only, to get the food, to bring it back to the village, which has no food so they can feed an orphanage that they manage over there. Um, one of the orphanages that escaped was actually on the news, one of the ones that my friend works with. And just tragic stories of people, people who, church pastors, uh, putting people in their cars to help them escape. Uh, you know, people losing their lives while trying to serve the needs of others. It's, it's quite a tragic story. And I know that people can point and go, what about other nations at war? It's true, but for us as, as Europeans, we are still Europeans. Seeing it on our continent, seeing it on our news, I think it's done something to us. It's, it's raised an awareness like never before. But here's the thing. This is why I'm mentioning it. Peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. You might be thinking, what can I do? Are you suggesting, Sim, we all kind of get on the next boat and we go across and we start getting involved? I don't think that's necessarily the right thing, but I think there are some things we can do. First, as Lottie said, we can pray. Our prayers are powerful. Our prayers make a difference. The earnest prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous person has great and powerful results, according to James 5. Your prayers make a difference. Pray. Pray. When you're watching the news, pray. When you hear someone's name, pray for that person who's being interviewed on the screen right then. Pray for the towns, the cities, the locations. Pray. It really does make a difference. Difference. And we're going to pray when we come to an end this morning because I want to make sure we're engaging this. We're not just talking about it. That we can be people of prayer. We can also give financially. The money situation is really challenging. Getting money across Ukraine is really difficult. Their financial system is pretty shot. But I, we have got a couple of ways we can get funds across. And so the Freedom Fund, which the church runs, a Freedom Fund, we're giving some money towards the work in Ukraine to these two different organisations I've got relationship with. If you want to give some extra money towards that, then, then please just, you can do it online, you can give any way you want to. Just make sure it's, um, you know, you make sure it's for Ukraine. And we will make sure your giving goes to the right places, to people in need. Of course, you're very welcome to give to things like DEC, DEC, or whatever else you would like to give to. But if you want to give to somebody who you can find out exactly what is happening, what difference the money makes, do let me know. And I'm happy to give you updates that I get every single day and pass those on. But let's give. Our money can make a difference. Our prayers make a difference. And the last thing I'll mention as well is we can also support practically. And so you've heard the story about the, the, the uh, refugees escaping from Ukraine right now. Over 2 million people have escaped. And I think as a nation, we've managed to house about 300 people or something, which is pretty poor. We're not getting into politics of it. But a friend of mine, Krish Kandaya, um, has started up a foundation called Sanctuary Foundation, um, which is encouraging churches and Christians and people to sign up and saying, could we sponsor a refugee? Could we house a family? Could we look after somebody in need? And at this moment in time, he's got over 8,000 people signed up on his website, sanctuaryfoundation.org.uk. We've signed up as a church. Uh, he was on BBC Breakfast on Friday morning. He's in regular conversations with Michael Gove and with Number 10. 
And um, hopefully, maybe later on today or maybe tomorrow, there'll be an announcement about um, stranger, as it were, kind of connections. Because at the moment, it's family or friends can ask to sponsor a refugee. But they're going to encourage other organisations, charities, churches, um, universities, and individuals. So actually, I, I could do something. I have got a spare room. My child's gone off university. I've got some space. I could do something with that. If that's you, then either let me know, um, or Joe Ibbert, who's been involved with in this as well, or we can, you can go onto sanctuaryfoundation.org.uk and you can sign up, and my friend Chris will keep you updated in that. In a world where we have been encouraged to avoid conflicts, sometimes I feel like we want to avoid and run away from it, and we were thinking, well, surely war would never happen. Peacemakers, we're called to engage. We're not called just to walk on by. We're called to be the good Samaritan who participates in the needs of those around us, not those who try to keep our hands clean. We don't make peace by avoiding the issue. And I think sometimes we sort of hope these things go away. A peacemaker knows that there is no peace without healing. Think about that for a moment. There is no peace without healing, and there is no healing without tough conversations. When you've had a falling out with somebody, it doesn't become peaceful without anyone saying anything, does it? Someone has to make that first step and saying, can we have a conversation? Could we meet up? I'm reminded of that famous peacemaker, which I know is controversial to some, but Bishop Desmond Tutu, who spent his life looking out for different ways to bring peace, who won a Nobel Peace Prize for his work, who in South Africa, you know, saw the end of apartheid and said, we can't have peace. We've got to have peace and reconciliation. We have to wrap this up. We have to bring this together. We have to have difficult and honest conversation about what has been happening in our nation. How do we get engaged? How do we make peace? Maybe there is someone right now you're thinking, I'm, I'm at odds with, I'm, in, I'm at loggerheads with, I'm, I've got frustrations at work, or maybe there are some family disagreements. How do you make peace in your circumstances? How do you bring change? How do you move to the centre and not just sit on the sidelines of life where we just look at things? The word shalom is often used in the Bible as a word for peace, but it means more than peace. It means bringing the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, into every situation. Just these last few months, we've had our new Freedom Centre up and running. Some of you I know have been to visit the Freedom Centre. Great to have the men's breakfast there yesterday. But we've had numerous organisations come into that space over these last few months, and we get this comment made over and over again. There's something about this place. There's something about the atmosphere in this place, and it's just an industrial unit. It's not that fancy, but it's the people working in there. And our teams of befrienders, people working with CAP, people working in the food bank, people working with TLG into the schools, people working into the job club and helping people get back into, um, into, uh, get into employment, we're changing the atmosphere. We're bringing peace. We're changing what people are expecting it to be like. That's what we do. We bring peace. It is the devil, said John Stott, who is the troublemaker. It is God who loves reconciliation. And now, through his children, as through originally his son, he is bent on making peace. God wants to reconcile man to God. He wants to be in relationship with his people. He doesn't want people at war. He doesn't want people uh, in disagreement. He wants peace. And he, what does he want us to do? He wants us to step in the gap and be peacemakers. Maybe the next time you see a conflict at work, 
rather than keeping your head down. Some of you are looking a bit nervous at this point. Maybe there's an opportunity to go, what do I bring into this? Can I help? Will my comments add fuel to this? Or could I actually bring a peacemaker, an alternative method? Peacemaking is not easy. It's not always possible. But we are called to seek peace. Paul said these words in the Bible. He said this, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. How are we all getting on with that one? It didn't say some people or most people. It said everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We might have some work to do. And in Hebrews 12, it says again, make every effort to live in peace. It's an active word. So the first part of that verse there from Matthew 5, verse 9, we are called to be peacemakers. Peacemakers. And then this is the last part. The message version says that's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Or in the traditional version, they will be called the children of God. And I've deliberately used the message version there because I want to talk for a few moments about what it means to be part of the family of God as we're all back together as this big family. It felt really appropriate that that was our verse for today. I find it funny, my kids don't, but I find it funny that when I go places, travel places, remember those days? People would say to me, these must be your children. And I'm like, well, how, how do you know? We've not met before. They said, well, they look just like you. And at that point, they roll their eyes. Or they jump up and down with gladness. I'm not sure. You can decide. But there's something, isn't it, about when you see children with their parents, you can go, I can see the likeness. I can see the connection. I can see the family trait. And the true, uh, this is true also spiritually. That if you're a follower of Jesus today, if you are choosing to be like Jesus, to walk like him, you will start to look like him. You will start to reflect him in the way you do things. And I want to say as we get back together in this large gathering as we are today, the challenge is not about fitting in. How do I fit in? What part do I do? What's everyone else doing? How can I be the same as everyone else? I want to challenge you and encourage you today to don't try to look like other people. Don't Please don't try to look like me. My kids have already got that on them. It's not fair. It's, all right, it's done. But for us, how do we look like Jesus? If we look like him, we'll already start to look more like a family. If we try and just kind of manage it and look horizontally at one another, how do I fit in? How do I become part of a community? How, do I, what's, how does everyone talk here? What does everyone wear? How do I know when, when is it coffee? Coffee's after, it's not before. Oh, okay, right, we've mentioned that already. We'll get away with it. What are the rules? How do I, I, I don't know. How do I, what do people stand up, sit down, hands up? Is it hugs? Is it handshakes? I'm really not sure of that one anymore. Um, you know, little badges, don't we, or something. But what are we doing? Rather than copying one another, we need to be looking and copying our Father God in heaven. As we become more like him, as we look horizontally, uh, sorry, look vertically instead of horizontally, as we look up and we start getting drawn towards God, becoming more like him, we'll feel more connected as God's family. And I think we spent too much time in the Western church in last seasons of trying to look like everyone else, trying to be like everyone else, trying to fit in. And we've made our churches to look so they just look like the world. And the world needs something different than something that's a mirror image of themselves. What's that? It means mirroring the glory of God. 
And how do we mirror God's glory? We spend time with him. We engage with him. We discover who he is. We open up our Bible. We spend time in prayer. Say, God, I want to be more like you. I don't want to be more like the people around me. I want to be more like the person who created the people around me. That's what we're called to do as God's followers. And that's how we'll know our place in God's family, not because we look like everyone else, but because we look like that we've got the same father, Father God himself. And I want to encourage you that as we bring peace into the challenges around us, as we make a difference, we will become more like Jesus. Jesus was the one who stood in the gap, isn't he? He often said there's a different way here. You've heard it said this, but I say to you this. You've heard the law, you know how the rules used to be, but I'm saying there's a better way of doing things. As you become more like him, you will see him in those around you. You have to vie for your position. I think someone's in, in, when we get into groups as humans, we sort of have to vie for our positions, trying to kind of find out who's doing which role, how do I play my part, and how do I kind of wrestle into the bits that I really want to do, instead of just being completely comfortable going, God is my father, we'll work the rest of it out. Rather, where do I sit? Do people know my name? Am I valuable or not? But focusing our attention on Jesus Christ himself. The Bible reminds us that we're called to be a body, a body of people, where we each play our part, where we're not meant to be this kind of like just blob. We're meant to be, actually, I'm a hand, I'm a foot, I'm an eye, I'm a mouth. I have different parts to play. But who is the head? Jesus Christ is the head of the body. And he's the one we all look to. He's the one that leads us. And sometimes we've got sidetracked and think the hand's quite impressive, but the hand is never more impressive than the head, Jesus Christ. And let's make sure we're giving him our attention. For they shall be called the sons of God or the children of God. The reward of peacemakers is being recognised as true children of God. That we share his passion for peace and reconciliation, breaking down of walls between different people. I, my belief and my hope, my desire is as Freedom Church, as as we give our attention, not to how we do Sunday mornings, how we, what songs we sing, uh, which door we come in, wh whatever happens with coffee or children's programs, but as we give our attention to God, as we look to Him, the rest of it will work out. And I just think God is 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 reaching out to us today and saying, "Will my people reconnect to me?" not just be part of a church. And as someone who spent, I don't know how long, all my life in a church of one form or another, with different roles in churches, have written a book about it, I'm committed more than ever before going, it's not about the church. It's about the person we're meant to look beautiful for. It's about God himself. That's why we do what we do. That's how we found our place. We emulate Jesus, the Prince of Peace. That's how it works. Now, this is fun. Can we get the worship team up? Yes. And I can do some stuff with the band. One of the location leaders said to me earlier, he said, where's the pause button so we can press the pause button? <laughs> there's no pause button. This is it. There's no, it's just messy. And I know we are watching. Are we online at all, Aaron? Is it, is it working online? We're online. Yes. Well, hello to the online people. <laughs> Little wave of those cameras back there. Some of you don't want to turn around at all. <laughs> We're online as well. We weren't sure it's going to work, but welcome to those watching online or watching on Catch Up. But my challenge to us today is what would it look like if Freedom Church was known as a family of peace, that we brought peace, 
that where there's conflict, and I'm, I'm not, we are going to pray about Ukraine, but where there's even localised conflict, localised difficulties, workplace challenges, we're known as people that step up and step in and say, actually, could I bring words of peace? Can I change the atmosphere? What if we, as Freedom Church, had a sense that we all belonged as a family, not because we're trying to outdo one another, but because we're trying to become more like Jesus. We are cheering each other on to, to, to be those, that, that great crowd of witnesses that are cheering one another on, saying, you be great in your race for Jesus. Can I encourage you as you become more like him, that we speak well of each other? I've loved the opportunities on Wednesday nights, our midweek Bible study, More Jesus, where we've gathered. Where, for me, one of the, my favourite moments is walking around when we have our breakout sections and people are sitting around in circles with the Bibles open and exploring, discussing, challenging topics, looking at Scripture together. How do we together serve one another so that we can say, can you be great? Can you run further? Can I encourage you? Can I bring the best out of you? It's not what's in it for me, but it's what's in it for you. How can I serve you and help you become more Christ-like? That's my desire for Freedom Church. But for now, I want us to pray. I want us to pray. It's a stand if that's okay to pray. And to pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. And for those not just in Ukraine as well, in for Russia, I just heard on Saturday, got a message through that the, the evangelical church in Russia have signed a letter to the government in Russia, the Kremlin, have just said, we, are, we completely condemn this war. We are completely opposed to this war. And they put their names at the bottom of the letter. Now, I think you'll know enough to know that's a really dangerous thing to do, but we're called to be peacemakers. And obviously those priests, those ministers, they've read Matthew 5 verse 9, said, we've got to do something. And they have said, we want to change. We, we do not want to carry on with this war. So we can pray for church leaders in, in Russia who've made that statement for, for people in Russia who do not want this war. We can pray for those who are. God loves all of humanity. He doesn't have special ones. And God loves the people in Ukraine, the people in Russia. He loves the people in government who are making bad decisions right now and good decisions. He loves them as well. But can I encourage us to pray? And I'm going to do this. And I know everyone's always comfortable. I want us to pray out loud where you are. To pray for, you know, right now at this moment in, in Ukraine, there'll be people doing church in various locations, in bunkers, in homes, in various uh, situations. They've had to move and find new areas, new premises. They'll be meeting, praying, worshipping. Let's pray for our family, but let's pray for God's family, which is much bigger again. So is that okay? I invite you to, 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 to speak out your prayers, and then I'll wrap things up in just a moment. So let's just do, let's just do that. Don't wait for me to stop talking. I'll just carry on. Uh, let's just pray and lift up Ukraine and Russia and this conflict right now.
Thank you, God, that our prayers are powerful. The fervent prayer of a righteous person has great power. Lord, may Freedom Church, may we here today and those watching live, will we be people of prayer. The strength of our prayer is more important than the length of our prayer. May we be people who commit to praying. And so, Lord, today we pray for the nations of Russia and Ukraine and Belarus as well, who are caught up in this conflict. We know that, God, you're a God of peace. And we call out the peacemakers. Lord, may the peacemakers in those nations where they're sitting around government tables, where they're serving refugees, where they're helping people make decisions, whether they're rescuing those in need, where they're providing food and shelter. Would the peacemakers be blessed, we pray this morning, as, as they serve those people at this time. We want to pray that as Freedom Church, will we be peacemakers with our prayers, with our finances, with our ability to support refugees at this time. Lord, may we not be people who just turn and look the other way. May we, each one of us, through everything possible to live at peace with everyone. Help us be peaceable people, peace-filled people. We change the atmosphere, Lord. And so we declare over Ukraine, we pray for your peace. The peace that passes all understanding, that makes no sense. Would there be a peace that settles? Would the war come to an end? Would evil flee? Would evil be no more? And would your people know peace in that place, we pray, Lord. Peace in the power of Jesus, we pray. And may your family, the family that want to look like you, May we change the atmosphere. Whoever we go this week, whoever we speak to this week, this week, whoever we've got conversations with, may we bring peace. May we bring a change. In your name, in your power, we pray all these things, Father God. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.